I always say, see the fear and do it anyways. Right. So I can recognize like, okay, I feel like an imposter. Like, why am I doing here? What am I doing here? Who am I to, to coach these people? Whatever that thought was. And then it's just like, well, fuck it, do it anyways. Because if I don't, then what happens? Then what happens to this person's life? Then what happens to me? How do I feel if I have to choose sitting here and feeling like an imposter or just saying fuck it and changing somebody's life? It's pretty obvious what I'm going to choose. If you're looking to leave the nine to five and to elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Kelsey Kenry on the show. Kelsey has been a coach helping women for the last 10 years, but she has lived multiple lives that makes her more relatable and overcame incredible odds to get to where she is today. You're definitely going to have to check this one out. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle Today podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Kelsey Ken Rye here today. Kelsey, why don't you jump in, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. All right. So my name is Kelsey Kenry and I live in Florida. I'm originally from Texas, but now I've been here for too many years to count. Um, and I work with women all over the world. And basically I help women to find freedom and fulfillment and stop, you know, trading time for money and actually start adding creativity and fun and play back in their lives. So life is actually living instead of just running on autopilot. Yeah. And that's something that you definitely show your audience on Instagram, you know, you're out there dancing and singing and playing with your kids and, you know, all this during the work day. And people are like, man, she doing work. And you know what, that's, that's <laughs> part of it. Like you said, that you, you got to have that fulfillment and that balance and being able to do both. So where were you able to find this way of balancing things and still incorporating fun into work and find that fulfillment? Mm, such a great question. You know, anytime when I'm speaking about balance, because I think that's, you know, uh, something that a lot of clients come to me for is like, we feel off balance, we feel misaligned with where we are. And for me, finding balance, I've always had to go to extremes on either side. So whether that was, you know, in, in, in fitness, I started in fitness coaching and, um, you know, doing figure competitions, powerlifting meets, like consistent competing. And then I became a mom and it was like, I kind of, you know, left all that. And it was like, okay, you know, going into the life coaching world and having my own business. And it was like, okay, this is really what I meant for. This is what my purpose is. And so diving headfirst in there. So I've been the person that's been on extremes on either side. And so there's always a gray area, but I like to touch (laughs) both sides so I can find that for myself. And I think that's truly what makes me a little bit different is I don't coach from a place of 
elevation. I coach from a place of I've been there. I understand it. I've fucked up. And that's how I know how to teach people differently. So there's a lot of like vulnerability in my coaching. And I think that finding balance does require like taking ownership of where you are and taking the bits and pieces of the places that you've been and then applying that. So for me and in my own business, I've had those touch points of where I'm, I'm working and I speak about this openly. And it was like, you know, my kids are coming to me. Can you, can you read this book to me? And I'm like, no, I'm doing something. No, I'm doing something. And then I'm like, shit, that's not the parent that I want to be, you know? And it's like, as you continue to rise, when I went to six figures and then when I passed six figures, it was like, okay, I can still, why can I not do both? And so switching my mindset there too. But for me, finding balance means I have to touch extremes and learn from those extremes and then find the gray. Wow. Yeah, that is great. I understand, you know, touching those extremes, like you said, it it takes getting to that point to realize what you're really wanting, what you're really needing in your life. And, you know, you, you talked about how you had been there and knowing a little bit of your backstory. I mean, you, you've lived many lives and (laughs) (laughs) uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of your past experiences that led you to where you are today and how you were able to overcome those, uh, like you mentioned through a mindset shift. Mm, Yeah. It's, uh, I would say that I, My childhood was not super easy. Um, So my parents were divorced when I was two. So I always kind of had like these almost two separate lives, two very different ways of parenting. Um, And I was exposed to a lot of different things, being that my parents were who they were and did what they did, which I'm fortunate enough to have great relationships with my parents now. Um, But it it all kind of started from a young age. And then as I got older and started exploring, what I was really drawn to was sex, drugs, alcohol, and, you know, again, being extreme and living a lot of my life in that extreme that led to a lot of partying, a lot of binge drinking. Um, And it was kind of a trickle effect of things that I, I noticed. And a lot of people have this in their life that's similar, whether that's with drugs and alcohol and sex or something different to where I would recognize that like, okay, I'm in this extreme behavior. I'm not treating myself kindly and then like try to pull back from it. But then I would always end up back. And this even happened when we moved from, from Texas to Florida, you know, I was very embarrassed. I had had, um, I, I got pregnant when I was 14 Um, I had had an abortion, my whole school found out about it. And I was just very living in a lot of shame. So we moved to Florida and it was like this fresh start. And then I just found myself back with the same crowds back to back into drugs, back into alcohol. And so it was about 10 years of my life that I spent in that pattern to where there was a lot of, a lot of things that I don't remember and a lot of trauma within that. I lost my virginity to rape. It was like, because I, it was my first time ever being drunk. And it was just like this spiral of things that just added up and, and, and trauma after trauma. And I lost a boyfriend when I was 16 years old. And it was just like, that was kind of the final straw for me where everything spiraled. And it was like, I'm just 
that going to be the fun person because I was trying to like cover everything with band-aids. It was just like alcohol was my biggest band-aid to where for me, alcohol was a suppressant for me to numb, for me to not feel what I needed to feel. So after about 10 years of that, um, I was in in the last three or four years of that wildness, I was arrested three times. And on my third arrest, that was basically my rock bottom. That was when I woke up in the suicide unit at um, the county jail here. And I was just, I have this like vivid memory still where I was looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I here? You know? And that was kind of like the moment in which it was like, truly, if you continue on this path, you're not going to live. So I wanted to choose life. And I felt like in that moment, there was this glimmer of hope, which I talk about like in my book and pretty often, um, that kept me going. That it was like, there was something that I was meant met for something that was, there was more for me. And so I chose that. And ever since then, that's kind of been my thing is like choosing myself and prioritizing myself. And, and that meant for me, you know, putting myself in a program and, you know, I didn't drink or do anything for a year. And I, uh, got to, I went to life coaching and therapy And it was like, that's where a lot of the clarity came in. So the biggest, that was, it was that rock bottom that shifted me because I had to make a choice. Well, I appreciate that you're willing to be vulnerable and, you know, share those stories, but a lot of people that would be their life story at this point in time, but you didn't let that be your life story. You kept progressing, you moved forward, and now you're affecting people's lives in a positive way. And like you said, you've been there. So you can explain to anybody how to get out of a situation and how to better improve yourself. And you're not only affecting, you know, the business life, you're affecting the personal life as well of these individuals that you're coaching, which is fantastic. I definitely have to applaud you and uh, congratulate you for, you know, being able to see that you were meant for more. Uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was anything that I did truly. I just think that like, we're all, I, I, I do truly have the belief that like we're put here for some sort of forward momentum we are. And I think this was ingrained in me, um, from all parts of my family. Um, but basically like you have to leave this place like better than when you found it. And that's what I believe about where we are. And that's what I believe about people. And so I just think that it was kind of instilled in me that there was, there was that glimmer of hope that was like, there's something like you weren't just put here to just like drink and treat yourself like shit and die. That's not what you were here for. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. That's definitely not a life that I think anybody wants to live. Uh, They get stuck in those circumstances sometimes, but Um, you had that, you mentioned that when you hit that rock bottom, you had a shift, but at the same time, as we all go throughout our lives, we end up with imposter syndrome or limiting beliefs and things of that nature. How have you, how has that affected both you and your business and your clients' lives? Mm, Yeah. I think that like, like you said, imposter syndrome is something that we all feel. So for me, 
like action has always been my answer to that. Like, and I say like action cures anxiety, which imposter syndrome really does feel similar to anxiety. We're just like making up a bunch of shit in our heads. Right. So it's, it's truly, it has been like consistent action taking for me to where it was like, I always say, see the fear and do it anyways. Right. So I can recognize like, okay, I feel like an imposter, like, why am I doing here? What am I doing here? Who am I to, to coach these people? Whatever that thought was. And then it's just like, well, fuck it, do it anyways. Because if I don't, then what happens? Then what happens to this person's life? Then what happens to me? How do I feel if I have to choose sitting here and feeling like an imposter or just saying, fuck it and changing somebody's life? It's pretty obvious what I'm going to choose. Yeah. And if you just sit there and let that you know, fester, you're letting it win. You're letting it take control of you rather than you taking control of the situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's the thing that people don't realize is like our, our beliefs and our thoughts and our minds, they are the most powerful things and they create our reality. And so if we don't lean into that, and if we don't work on changing what our core beliefs are and working on our thought processes and spending time with ourselves and taking ownership for where we are, nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have been a coach now for 10 years, which, you know, in the coaching industry is a decent amount of time. Uh, What have you seen change within the industry and where do you see those changes going in the future? (sighs) Oh my God. It's crazy to think because like, um, 10 years seems like a, a really long time, but also not that long. Like, to be coaching before everybody was a coach is very interesting. Um, and there's, there's a part of me that's like, I believe that they're the, the majority of people are doing the best that they can. And I believe that there are a, a very large group <laughs> a large percentage, I want to say of good humans. Um, and so there's a part of me that's like, it's beautiful. Like we all have something to offer. And so, yes, go for it, do it. And there's a part of me that I think there are still people who are out of integrity and out of alignment that go into coaching for the wrong reasons. And I feel like there's, that was kind of a big shift for people is people saw not what they could do for other people, but people saw opportunity of what they could do for themselves. And that's my only struggle within the coaching industry is I, um, I think because I carry my story the way that I do, and I'm a little harder and I, I give tough love and that's how I speak. And that's how I coach. Um, when people come into the industry and are coaching people for to to be better, whatever. And again, I believe that anybody can learn from anybody, but it's also like, okay, but what is, where does that come from? Like, what, what have you seen that actually feels like you can, you're, you're able to speak on that. So I think that the biggest thing that I've seen in the last 10 years is really just like the uprising in everybody is a coach. And I, I feel, you know, both sides of that kind of like I was explaining. And I think that the future, really the cool thing about this is I think the people who are out of alignment and are out of integrity, like karma works itself out. Like those people, those people will weed themselves out. And the ones who remain are the people who are truly in it for the right reasons. Right. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of a little bit of a parallel of like the real estate industry. 
it's really easy to get started. It's really difficult to keep it going and, mm -hmm. you know, really build a client base. I feel like that is similar to the coaching industry. It's really easy to get started. You might get a couple quick wins, but to really make a difference and really make a mark in the industry, it takes a lot of work and a lot of building that client base. Yeah. It's consistently showing up And my, my, it's funny. My mom's a real estate broker. So I grew up in, in real estate. So yeah, it's, it is very similar. It's like there are ebbs and flows to everything, but it is about consistency and it's about doing, doing some hard things. And also I think that one of the things that I'm really big on that's important for a coach in any industry is like, there has to be a consistent inpouring to outpour because my belief is there's no mountaintop. Like you don't just like get a certification or, you know, call yourself a coach and then like you're there and you're set and like, okay, this is it. Let me just teach everybody. Like we as coaches are meant to forever grow and forever change and, and evolve. And so if we are not doing our research, if we are not, you know, coaches need coaches and coaches need mentors and coaches need continuing education. And so I think that we really have to make sure that there is that constant inpouring so that we can grow and then we can provide better transformations to people too. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I think that makes a difference with you personally, just, you know, following you for a little while on Instagram is you're very transparent as well. So people can see all those things about you and your life and can relate to them. Uh, and you know, you're great at answering questions from people. And so I think that's really helpful for you as well in that you're not, you know, you're not putting everything behind a guarded wall of secrecy or things like that, where I'd see that from a decent amount of people of, Hey, if you want access to me or my life, you have to pay. Whereas yeah. you, that's not the case. It's kind of, you know, giving freely and then people will be attracted back to that. Yeah, you're so right. And I think really it's so funny because people, it's like my, my Instagram, like if you go back to my first Instagram post, it was like no hashtags, like a picture of a dog. And like, I've never felt like my Instagram is like a business Instagram. Like, yes, I'm a coach, but like I'm a human. And so I want to connect with other people. And so I've always I've always shared my life because I'm like, look how cool this is. Like, look how cute my freaking kids are. Like, look how awesome this is. And also sometimes my life sucks and I'm going to share that with you too, you know? And I just think that I'm a, I'm a person first and I don't need to put a wall up because I'm so like confident and, and secure in who I am as a person because I've done the work and because I continue to do the work on myself. And I think that's where it's kind of blocking people. And I understand that everybody feels differently about social media and what they want to post. And that's cool. You're allowed to have your own views, but I just am like, I'm a person first and like, yes, I'm a coach and that's, that's my business, but like, I am not my business. Yeah. And sometimes your kid throws up four or five times on a car ride. <laughs> I hope I recently happened. To you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was interesting. I'm like, of course, the first time you throw up in a car is when we have to spend like 25 hours in the car. This is fine. 
this is fine. But it's like that kind of stuff. It's like you said, it's like it happens to people. And it's like, I'm talking to people. I've got like one DM that's like, I'm talking like coaching with somebody. And then the next one's like, okay, here's how to help your kid with throwing up. It's like, it's all the same. We're all just living. You also have a a podcast as well. And you know what? It's it's a great podcast. Uh, definitely, you know, a lot of things based around mindset and how has that affected your business having a podcast? Oh, so my podcast is interesting because I've gone through, like I was talking about with the inpouring and outpouring, I've seen my own transformation in coaching and like really coming into my own. So the podcast originally started, um, with a friend of mine and it was called the brave hearted podcast. And it was essentially like a place for people to share hard stories. So we talked about like a lot of hard subjects and, and store sharing our own stories and things like that. And then it kind of, um, we decided that it's better for us to go solo because she wanted to do her own podcast long story there. But, um, so now it's really, it's a mix of everything. Like I don't really like put like myself in a corner. So like, I'll talk about like stuff with my kids, but I'll also talk about like the importance of, you know, our mindset and our beliefs and, you know, asking for help. And I really like giving people like actionable tools that they can go do. So I, I love the podcast because it gives me an opportunity to just kind of like speak freely and for me, it makes my heart feel good because I just, I, I want to help people, you know, cause it's a free resource for people. So I think that it, it probably, I, I don't honestly pay attention if it's like, do I get clients from that? Do I, I don't know. I don't do it for that purpose. I do it just because honestly, I, I love it. And I think it's important to help people. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great. And that's, you know, similar to, my story with the podcast is it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is to be able to yeah. connect and talk with people. And then you're putting that information out there and, uh, you know, you hope people gravitate to it and use it. And, uh, it's great to be able to share all these different stories. And with you, you're obviously sharing a lot of your own personal stories and experiences. And fortunately for me, the, that's the burdens off my back and it, it falls to you to express your story. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love telling stories though. Really. I mean, that was like, I, I wrote my book, um, that I published this year and it was, that was kind of like a big, like release of things. Cause I've always been open about my story, but, um, I just, I think it's important because like you said, the relatability factor, just a, a reminder, I was just talking with my husband about this, about how like, I don't think we need to really idolize people or put people on pedestals because we're all really humans and we're all the same, no matter what our job is or, or how much money we make or any of that kind of stuff. I think that we can be inspired by others. Um, but I just don't think that like idolizing somebody from where they are is, is I don't get the point of that to each their own. Um, but I think that storytelling is powerful because it makes us really see how similar we are. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, I've, I've mentioned this before, but that is one thing that I did do for a while was put people on a pedestal and, oh, they're better than me. You know, I could never get to that level. They just yeah. are superhuman. And then I met one of them and I was like, oh, you, they're just a regular person like me. They just had yeah. a dream and they never <laughs> stopped going after it. And it was like, this is great. 
this means I can do this too. You know, it's yeah, so sometimes it's totally. good to meet your, meet your heroes. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. My, my husband, uh, he was a pro wrestler and so he has an interesting story. Um, he, he now has a cookie company that we have, but so he, he wrestled and, then took almost like 10 years off and then came back recently. Like he's going to be, he's going to be 40 next year. So he's not like a spring chicken. Um, but he, he went back to live his dream because he didn't end the way that he wanted to. And so there's a lot of people that he wrestled with originally that are now like in the WWE that are like famous or whatever. And so we have like friends that were his friends that are whatever. And it's just interesting. Like when we hang out with them, that people are like, Oh, is that so-and-so? And I'm like, I don't look at them that way. Maybe because like wrestling is so outside my realm that I'm just like, I just know them as these people, but it is interesting to hear how people speak about, about things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what you, you've been at this for a while and you know what, you've been through a lot of different experiences, but one thing that I think there needs to be more light shed on with entrepreneurship is there are failures that happen in it, but they're only failures if you don't learn anything from it. So what would you say in starting your business and, you know, coaching, what was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Hmm. It's interesting because I've had so many things that I, guess would call failures, but my mindset around failures is so like, they're so important that I don't necessarily think about it because they are really lessons. But if I had to probably like wrap everything up into like the biggest lesson uh, or the biggest failure, I would say anytime that I got out of alignment or, um, authenticity, like lacking authenticity, that's probably any, it, I, I always come back from that and I'm like, no, that's not, I, I shouldn't have done that because I think that we all are people and we see people doing things certain ways. And we're like, oh, that looks really cool. And like, we do it not based upon our own intuition, but because somebody else is. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes we go into something and we explore it and we're like, this is really fucking cool. I love this. And then sometimes it doesn't. And I think sometimes sticking with those things longer than I should have. Um, and, and leaning away from, from my own intuition is probably what has got me in some of the spots that I'm like, that's not, that's not actually me or where I want to be. And I really, I take a lot of pride in being like vulnerable and authentic. And so it just feels gross to me. <laughs> like when I make, when I make a choice or a business decision that I'm like, okay, I'm going to start like doing this or it's like stupid shit too. Like I'll be, I'll be like, okay, I need like a, Facebook group and I'm going to do Facebook lives. And I'm like, that works so great for some, I fucking hate it. I don't want to do that. So why am I doing that? You know? So sometimes it's situations like that. And sometimes it's like rebranding myself in a direction that doesn't feel right to me because I was advised by somebody that was working with me to do so. Um, but again, each of those are like touch points to where I'm just like, truly the coolest thing about being an entrepreneur is like you make your own rules. And so we can have people, these leaders that open these paths, but there's nothing to say that like, you can't open your own path. And that, and that's, that's really what I teach a lot of the women that I work with that we're, we're opening businesses. Like when they start asking me questions about, do you think I should do this? Or I'm like, what do you want to do? Because 
truly when we're talking about like freedom and being fulfilled in our lives, one of the most simple shifts that you can make is start doing shit that you actually want to do. Like start making choices based on what you actually want, not what you think you should do or what somebody else is doing. That's been a big lesson for me. And it's made, it's such a game changer. It's like, that's what you were saying about like me playing with my kids during the workday. It's like, I want to set up my schedule to where I have breaks that I go play with my kids. And that's what I do. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that, you know, lesson that a lot of us try and follow what other people are doing. And like you said, that doesn't always align with what, what we really want to do. And that, you know, kind of leads into this whole mindset around hustle, you know, hustle to a lot of people, at least several years ago, were 24 seven grinded out. And that's not the way you are. <laughs> no, no, but I have been. What would you say is your personal definition of the word hustle? Oh, okay. So hustle is a hard word for me because like, I am truly like the action taker. Like I am like, yes, let's make a list. Let's fucking do it. Let's grind it out. I love that. Um, but I also know that that is when I talk about extremes, right? So like when I went into coaching and like decided to let my fitness coaching business go and go fully into, you know, life coaching and working with women and and building and and reverse engineering their lives. Um, I was like, well, I have to help everybody. So it was like back to back clients, just taking all the clients. And then there was, like I said, there was no, there was no time for the in-pour. It was just constant outpour. Um, And so now stepping back from that and being like kind of on the other side of what my life is like now and realizing that I am a better coach and a better everything. And my clients actually get better transformations because I have space. I think that hustle really needs to be like whatever you want it to be. I think it's okay if you recognize yourself that you're like, I am that action taker. I love to take action. That's great. But balance it with rest. You know, we have to balance it with recovery. And I always talk about that, like in the terms of like working out, um, cause I'm very big on like daily movement. We have a workout. We used to own a gym. So I'm a, definitely still a fitness person, even though I don't coach in fitness. And I'm like, anytime, any training program that you do, there's recovery, there's lower volume, there's lower percentages. So I'm like, we got to do that for ourselves. So truly, I think that if we redefine hustle to being your balance of what you want that to be, like you can be a fucking hustler and a go-getter and make half a million, million dollars a year and work 20 hours a week. You can totally do it, but that might feel like hustling to you. So I would say hustling is more of a feeling than a doing. I love that. I, I love that example and that definition because it really is a feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've never had anyone describe it that way before, but I resonate with it. I, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I like to be different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, it worked out well there. So uh, one thing you mentioned, though, is the, the fitness side of things, moving your body. And, you know, I've met a lot of people who, uh, a lot of coaches that that's a big part of their coaching platform. You've got to be able to move your body first, and then we can work on, you know, the mindset side of things as well. Is that something you do, or is that just something that's a part of your personal life? 
Um, so when I'm working with people, a lot of what we do is like small shifts for a bigger impact. And so I believe in creating good habits. So I'm very big on, on movement, on things like morning and night routines, um, meditation, uh, just, just simple things to where we are. It really is about that reconnection with self. And so I don't like do programming for people anymore. Um, sometimes I miss it. It was fun, but uh, I definitely like prescribe movement for people because truly I think that it's kind of an all in one package. I don't think that it, you have to do one before you can do the other. Um, for me, I actually had to, I was in therapy and life coaching before I can fit before I committed to the fitness aspect of my life. Cause I had to be, I had to feel that I was valuable enough to consistently show up for movement. Cause that's really the problem with movement is a lot of people are inconsistent um, because they're not doing the mindset. They're not doing the work around their beliefs and, and they don't feel valuable enough to consistently show up for. So it really has to be an all in one package. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea that, you know what, it's not just one or the other or one before the other. It's an mm-hmm. all in one deal. So yeah. Very cool. Um, so I don't want to take too much of your time. You know, I know you've got to factor in that playtime with your kids and, you know, helping everybody out. So uh before I get to where people can best find you, I want to ask one more question for you, and that's personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? Oh my God. Um, okay. How about personal and business? I would say Let's do it. <laughs> per personal. I, I love, um, the direction that my business has taken. I feel like in my home, um, I'm like being able to picture the future, like with my family. Um, hopefully we are not in a pandemic forever. So <laughs> I can travel with my family because I love traveling and exploring. So I know that there will be that in in my future. So I'm excited about that. Um, And then business-wise, I'm excited uh, just about continued growth. And that's with myself and my business because of that inpouring and outpouring. So I think really what I'm excited for the future is like the, the impact that I'm going to make, and then all of my clients will make as a ripple of what they're the work that they're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's very exciting. You know, lots of great things to look forward to lots of opportunities, but you know, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day and, you know, jumping on this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Where, where can people best find more information about you and connect with you? Um, the best place is Instagram. That's the easiest place. Um, I have a website, but it's, I mean, it's 2021. Do people even look at websites anymore? I don't even know. Um, so it's on Instagram. It's Kelsey Kenry, K-E-L-S-E-A-K-O-E-N-R-E-I-C-H. I'm sure you'll have to put that in the show notes because nope. there's no way. There's no way. But yeah, that's the best place to find me. I'm always, I'm always chatting with my people on there. Perfect. Yeah. I'll definitely include the links in the show description uh, for people to be able to just click and uh, connect with you. But cool. you, you know, I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.